Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And it's time we talk basketball. The basketball season has begun. So, of course, I had to bring on Jeremy Gillen to talk hoops with me. What's up, Jerm? Albie, what is up? It feels good. I mean, what a good weekend. Just in general, man. How How is your weekend? Oh, it's been fantastic. You know, the fall is here. Uh, leaves are changing colors, you know? I don't know much um, about that, but yeah, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like... Everybody is off the fact that Texas Tech fired their football midseason because, you know, other schools have also fired their coach midseason. Trendsetters. So nobody cares about us anymore. We're trendsetters, right? honestly. And we actually hired a new coach already, so that's already taken care of. We're winning games. We're going to a ball. It's all good. And then to switch on the basketball side, Texas lost. They lost to Gonzaga. Didn't look good in the game either. They learned a lot about themselves, Abby. Let's give them a little bit of space. They learned a lot about Winner. themselves. Win or lose, we're still going to be winners. What type of <laughs> crap is that? That man has changed. Okay? That man is different. <laughs> that, man, that man has changed. Uh, imagine if he'd have said that three years ago. We'd have been like, what the hell is wrong with you? He is in win survival lose, mode. We're all winners. Oh, my God. Talking about having, imagine having leaving one job and not having a temper expectations <laughs> of your new fan base. Uh, you're like, ah, man. Uh, these guys, these people don't unequivocally love me. <laughs> whole different ball game oh, down there Jesus. absolutely uh, but when it comes to Texas Tech basketball however uh, season started teams 3-0 right um, now we didn't play the number one team in the country so it's, it wasn't going to be we weren't really worried about being 3-0 after uh, playing North Florida Grambling and Prairie View but still 3-0 what do you think about the early stages for uh, the Texas Tech basketball team I mean, this is certainly a team that fresh head coach, a lot of fresh faces. I mean, they've had time to uh, practice and work out with each other over the summer, build some bonding time. 
But at the same time, there are still some disconnects. I think we saw a lot of that in the first three games on defense, a lot of missed assignments, a lot of uh, uh, bad communication. Uh, But I will say in each game, it's gotten a little bit better. We've given up less points and still maintained a similar amount of offensive production. So from, from my standpoint, it seems like Adams is figuring out, okay, this is where my need my team needs to adjust and is kind of addressing those issues game in and game out. I mean, so talk about that a little bit. Three games in, and we're not too worried about the offense, right? Like, the offense has been putting up points. However, it's the defensive side of the ball that has had us a little bit more worried. So, so kind of backtracking here, let's talk about the three games in themselves. Uh, Texas Tech won game one against North Florida, 89-74. to 74. Uh, um, won game two against Grambling, 88-62. to 62. And then Monday night against Prairie View, winning it 84 to uh, I got that right, yeah, 84 to 49. Um, and so I, I will say, first things first from these three games, Bryson Bryson Williams is uh what? Totally He's built different. Tim Tim Duncan, um, <laughs> Shaq, Michael Jordan, all put in one. He's everything, right? everything in more, for sure. Listen, let, let me tell you something. I'll I'll say this, and and I and I I was a little skeptical of Bryson Williams. I was. When he first signed on, if you remember, when he first signed on, I was like, yeah, he's he's all right. He's straight. He was pretty good at UTEP. You know what I mean? But, you know, uh, you know, I, we, we, I, we got him over getting him going to Texas with his old head coach and going to Beard. You know, but will he really – what is he really going to do for us, right? And it wasn't until that I believe it was John Rothstein. I know every, Tech fans have little thoughts on John Rothstein, but he was like he, – he believes Bryson Williams may be the best player on the team. I'm like, ah, boy, this man tripping. He don't know nothing about Texas Tech basketball. You got Terrence Shannon Jr. You got Kevin McCullough, Kevin O'Banner. There's no way Bryson Williams is the best player on the team. Bryson Williams so far has been the best player on the team. He has absolutely been killing Far and away. I mean, just the IQ on the court, his dominating presence under the rim, scoring nearly, I mean, nearly 19 points a game at this point, rebounding constantly. I think one of the big things for me is Williams is always under the basket, always making an attempt on a rebound. I'm most of our points at like we have so many rebounds this season through three games that like we are on a, a ridiculous pace. And I understand the, and the people that are playing, but we are on a ridiculous pace to just dominate the past like decade of Texas Tech basketball in terms of rebounding. Uh, Bryson Williams, 73% from the field, 50% from three. I mean, nearly 80% from the free throw line. This guy is just, he's the elite that <laughs> was talking about uh, with football. I mean, Bryson Williams came in and like you said, a lot of people were, oh, UTEP guy, you know, UTEP's a whole different thing. Like it's, you know, how can, how does it translate? And I think that's been a question with a lot of players coming in. Bryson Williams has made a point to adjust to the big, like adjust to this team, adjust to a different pace, adjust to the different offense, and has just fit in tremendously. And it is showing up in the box score. It is showing up on the eye test like he is as advertised and a little bit more for Texas Tech fans. So if you're watching Bryson Williams, like this is somebody you can get excited about for the rest of the year. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that's the thing I've been most surprised with. I knew he was a decent rebounder. I knew we'd be a better rebounding team just because we have bigger bodies this year. It's not just MSS by himself. Um, but Bryson Williams, man, he gets after it. He's able to consistently jump and get out, go after the ball. He works hard for it. He is, he's everything you want. And his defense, one of the things I was worried about was his defense. Defense has been pretty decent. I can't complain either. He doesn't get moved around. He's a, he he uses his frame. 
Uh, he has played absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kevin McCullough is another player that's played pretty well. Uh, and we expected that from McCullough. Uh, we expected him to start off and have a good season. And he already he had a 24-point showing against uh, Grambling. Um, he, I will say we thought he might be the point guard for this team. I don't think that is his role. I think game one against North Florida, he really tried to press the issue as the point guard. And he he kind of left a little bit to be desired. I do not think that is his role. I think that'll be more uh, Malik Wilson. Um, we also saw Davion Warren take on some of those responsibilities before. And I will say, before um, we were talking earlier today, and I said, I made the comment, right? I said that I think this team needs a point guard. I'm not a big fan of Malik Wilson at the point guard. Y'all came down for me. I'm like, man, am I tripping? So I rewatched, I rewatched some some clips from the first three games. I'm tripping. Now, Malik, Malik Wilson got it. Hey, I'm sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy, like said, Jeremy and Dylan came down on me like, what the hell are y'all you talking about? I'm like, Am I, I, didn't, I didn't leave because he played well in PV. I thought he didn't play as good in North Florida and Grambling. I was North Florida. He didn't get the opportunities to really play point guard, uh, but Grambling, he did. I rewatched some of, like, some of the Grambling game and I was absolutely tripping. Malik Wilson's done a good job as the point guard this year so far. Yeah, I think he's just I think he's just a solid presence on the court. Uh, an absolute facilitator has great IQ, has great vision. Like he knows what's going on, and I think that's such a big like for a point guard. For a good point guard, you want them to be kind of like the head of the court, understanding what's going on, understanding where they need to be going. And it feels like he's just kind of like the mouthpiece for Adams while he's out there. Uh, certainly, that first game a little less so, uh, but as like games have gone on, as you watch him, like on ball or off ball, it feels like he he knows what he needs to be doing, and that's really like that's a stable presence. And we talked a little bit about. Davian Warren, I I was low, and I'll admit it now. We're three games in. I was low on Davian Warren because it, it was the again the question of like how do you translate? Because he's from Hampton, right? Does anybody know where Hampton is? It's in Virginia, man. Come on now. Right. Okay. Albie lives way up in the north, so everybody else <laughs> listening has no idea where Hampton is. It's it's uh it's in Virginia. Okay, it's in Virginia. Can't point it out on the map. A lot of you might have a hard time with Virginia in itself. But the thing is, is that, you know, Damian Warren came in with his pedigree from Hampton and a pedigree nonetheless. But like, how is that going to translate when it gets into kind of like a higher level power five basketball program? And I had heard from a uh, high school basketball coach here in Lubbock that Damian Warren was seen as kind of like by the uh, by other athletes on the team, uh, other players on the team as like this guy's the most ready, like in their words, the most ready for the NBA. And I'm not saying he's that- a bucket. He's a bucket. Like, like that's the thing. Damian Warren is a bucket. And when, and I think that's one of the things that like a lot of the times when you see guys in lower levels and you see them put up these points, you're like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, he can put up 21 at Hampton, but can he do it? Some guys are going to put the ball in the basket, regardless of who they're going up against. They can be going up against Prairie View or can be going up against Baylor and they're going to put the ball in the basket regardless. And that's how he is for Davion Warren. And that's the reason why I think some of the guys are like, man, this guy, he got it. He's a baller. He's just, at the he's end just of the a day, baller. He's a bucket. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yes, Davion Warren. I He's been my favorite player of the first three games. Though Davion Warren, as great as he is, and we'll talk a little bit about the defense, he does leave a little or a lot to be desired on the defensive end. Uh, though he puts out the energy, he does leave a lot to be desired on the offensive end. So another guy that has, and I talked about this in our group chat earlier before the pod, uh, that has left a little bit to be desired. And I don't mean this in a negative way because I think he's played decently. But Kevin O'Banner hasn't, and what we've seen from Bryson Williams is kind of what I expected from Kevin O'Banner, right? He is co- very comfortable from the corner. He's a good, good three-point shooter from the corner. Very comfortable. Um, and when when he when he's open, he, he got it. But he's he kind of seemed like he's 
trying to take a step back and let everybody else work and not being as aggressive as I think he can be. Yeah, I feel like O'Banner has, and I kind of mentioned it, I think he has a really high ceiling, but he's just not pushing that right now. Uh, and it's hard to say whether that's, you know, he's just trying to like feel better in the offensive scheme that we're running right now, this offensive, like this transitional thing we got going, or if he's just not feeling it right now, like it, you know, because uh, we talk about, you know, Sadar Calhoun is having a really f- rough first three games. Like the guy's not shown up, but we know that he can be a good player. Uh, so I feel like, you know, in O'Banner's case, O'Banner has that, like for you and me, I agree. Like O'Banner was the guy I was most excited about coming into the season, followed by Bryson Williams. Bryson Williams has showed out. I feel like Kevin O'Banner just is still feeling out the space. But for me, it's not to a point where it's uncomfortable. I feel like he's going to really lunge into it here pretty soon. I mean, we have Tennessee coming up in a couple of weeks. O'Banner is the kind of guy who plays up like he 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 yeah. made his name by playing up to high caliber plays opponents. Up. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So I'll think- say this. It's funny you say that. Out of the three teams we've played so far, North Florida has been the best. Yeah. And he had his best game against North Florida. North Florida, he did well. Yeah. And so that there definitely could be something to that. So, I mean, you know, if this is a case where O'Banner just feels like he can kind of like step off the gas, which is not uh, like uh, that's not a Mark Adams identity for sure. But if he I mean, this is kind of his personality of like, okay, we don't need to go 100 percent to win this game. I'm not going to go 100 percent because of the I mean, because of the talent that he's got around him, especially guys like, you know, Bryson Williams, Damian Warren, uh, Kevin McCuller, Santos Silva Arms, Malik Wilson, Chibuzo Agbo. Yeah, you just got a whole list, right? And it's just I feel like uh, O'Banner may not have the headspace of I just want to go 100 percent this game every game. And so picking and choosing is a little bit of drama I'm not really here for. But, you know, if we're winning the big games we need to be winning and he's showing out, then, you know, that's what it is. I just That's just kind of player he's going to be. Uh, we've got good people around him to kind of support that right now, which is good. But you just kind of wish that he would be 100% always. Absolutely. And and I, th- I think that putting through that energy is going to be very important uh, for Kevin O'Banner. Um, kind of similar to the energy that I put forth uh, whenever I am, you know, where's some of this Manscaped swag we got? You know, like, Jeremy, Jeremy, you went on the, you went on the pod last time. We talked about our our ad partner that is Manscaped. Um, and I love it. Uh, I, I look. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not really one to promote. You know, all that other stuff down there. But I will say this: that Manscaped. A lot of people don't know is, but their lawnmower 4.0, the main clipper that everybody talks about with Manscaped. You can you can use it just to just to trim up, just to shape up your face. You look good. Everybody, I know it's associated with all the other stuff. Listen, use it. Get one that doesn't deal with that. Use it to cut up your beard. I, I it is it is legit surprisingly soft. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, surprisingly You're soft. You're looking good. It works. Hey man, you know what I'm saying? I can't I can't help. <laughs> they're good how clippers. I am. They're good clippers. They are good clippers, man. And you they can are. wash them. They're they're uh, you know you wash the head under the faucet. That's pretty neat. All right, so you did more research than I did, you know. I, I, I just I, love the I, stuff, I still, man. I, I love the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're good. It's really good. And so, with uh, thanks to thanks to our ad partner, you get twenty percent off of anything you get from Manscaped using the code word tortilla. Sorry, promo code tort or tortillas. Sorry, T O R T I L L A S. Tortillas get twenty percent off from Manscaped, and uh, we thank them for being an ad partner for Tortillas and Takes podcast. Now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the rotation, the rest of the bench on for for these first three games. 
I think the three guys that have kind of played the best and kind of really solidified themselves is our boy Adonis Arms. Yeah. Marco Santos Silva. Yeah. For, Marco Santos Silva's played, I think, great in all three games. And then KJ Allen. Look, I don't know just how much KJ is really going to get be in the real rotation when we play Tennessee and Providence and, and Gonzaga and we get a big 12 play. But I'll say this. So far, he's earned minutes. Get for he's earned, Even the last game against Prairie View, he was – well, I, I know he was out there, you know, he bricked a couple threes, but his energy was infectious. His energy was absolutely, he was getting up and down the court. He was diving for loose balls. He was getting, had five rebounds all in the second half, right? Like he, I think he has played at the very least when it comes time to actually ironing out your rotation. And whenever Clarence Nadaldi comes back and Terrence Shannon Jr. gets uh, approved, you might, I think Mark Adams is going to have to decide a guy that probably wasn't originally in his plans might have to start playing him. Yeah, and so, uh, Dylan, come back through and get that break there uh, as I breathe heavily. Yes, KJ Allen, 1,000% a guy that has, like, that improves the depth of culture on the bench. Like, he comes out, like you said, whether he's playing more minutes or less minutes, he brings the same energy as if he's in the starting, if he's in that starting five. Like you said, diving around, he's making moves. He has really good vision when he has the ball. Uh, I mean, like that last uh, our game against Prairie View. I mean, just when he got out there, it seemed like he it was just it was just seamless. And I think that is something that is something extremely powerful, especially the further you get in the spring to have a bench that like when you come off the bench and you seamlessly fit into the offense and the defensive schemes. That's what makes a difference for really good teams. And I think that KJ Allen, whether he's playing a lot or a little, like like you said, brings that energy, and that is extremely dangerous. Not to mention the fact that. The guy, like, if the guy goes up, he's a bucket. I mean, if he go, he's going up for a layup, he's going up for a dunk, like, you're not stopping him. The guy's a farmhouse coming through. I mean, he's just built different. And I think that there's a lot of energy to be had for that, that I can see certain games down the road where, and it, and I hate to say it, but it brings me to the Louisville game last year um, where we were playing Louisville, and it was just kind of stagnant. And we brought out, the now traitorous Avery Benson, uh, and I was, I was just about to say, are you saying he's our Avery Benson this year? He's an Avery Benson <laughs> who can it. actually ball, but <laughs> but no energy wise, just like coming out, he got that block, and it was just the game, the tone of the game changed at that point, and it was just like, okay, we can do this. So I think that KJ Allen adds a whole never level to that kind of aspect of the game. It's like he comes out with a maximum energy and an effectiveness that I think is just infectious for the teammates around him, and it, it seems that way when he's on the court. So you're saying that our energy guy last year was a uh, country white guy who used to wear boots with, and it was beaded, and this year it's gonna be a brick house black man with dreads. All right, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for I mean, it. We're changing identities, new coach, new team, you know, new scheme. <laughs> yeah, Bring it all. You know? We just flip it all. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So uh, with that, I, Marcus Santos Silva, I think you know, him him accepting his role off the bench, his new role off the bench, like seems kind of solidified if we're if we're being honest right now. Um, but despite that, it's pretty good. All right, he's he's played pretty impressively, right? I, I feel like the reduced minutes allows him to expel more energy. I even saw him, some of the perimeter work he was doing against PV um, was a lot better than what we saw last year. Yes. Right? Uh, what did you think about Santos Silva? 
Santos Silva, and you 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 said it like now he's off the bench. He's not a starting. You think that he's going to be the starting because he's here. He's been here more than most of these guys. He's had the experience under the uh, under that Texas Tech logo. Coming off the bench, and you think that a player would kind of regress in a situation like that, but ironically, uh, Santos Silva is playing at a different level, and whether it be that he's just got more energy or whether it be that he's like playing for that starting position, I mean, the guy's just playing out of his like out of his mind. There, there's certainly still mistakes there. Uh, it's early in the season, but I mean, his hook shot has looked a lot better. His defense has looked a lot better. He's been a lot more confident under the basket which last season we lacked tremendously i think that santos silva just gained a whole another identity this summer and i don't know if it's necessarily where he's at on the chart or if it's just the people that are around him or if he is just that much of a fan of mark adams um but santos silva is just a different beast this year i think he's the guy that we wanted him to be when he was coming into tech his first year but like he's filling into that right now and I mean, and he's also playing with a heavy heart. Of course, he lost his father over the uh, over the off season. So that I mean, it's kind of like Papa Luis is is riding with him, right? He's playing inspired. Um, and you know, big shout out to Santos Silva. I'm definitely rooting for him, of course, uh, to keep showing out. Uh, so and with that, and then of course we talked a little bit about Adonis Arms, who you know, Adonis Arms. He we knew he was going to be a great defender. He's been a great three and D type of player. Um, his his shots been kind of up and down, but I mean everybody's shots been up and down so far earlier this year. Um, but Arms has also has also earned some spots. So I will say this: you brought up Sadar Calhoun. Um, so Sadar Calhoun is somebody I was really big on in the offseason. I was really excited for. I even thought he would be a starter this year. He has been disappointed. There's really no way around it. He's been disappointed last night against PV. And again, PV, I, I think PV is probably the worst team we'll play all year. And even in, in that game, he went one for six, only three points. Uh, was just jacking up shots, trying to find something because he hadn't got connected to anything all year. And he was really struggling. Um, and he's actually the guy with Clarence Adolny coming back. It may find his way out of the rotation. Yeah. So Dark Calhoun, I mean, you came in as this like touted three, three point shooter. You know, supposed to be consistent beyond the arc, and it just it just hasn't found a shot, and that sucks. Um, I mean, I, I'm the fact that he keeps trying, that's something. <laughs> I think there's something to be said. I mean, shooter's gonna shoot. I feel like there's something to be said for him to continue to try to hit that shot. He knows that that's kind of in his DNA to do that. I don't know why they're not landing. I feel like I feel like his percentages. Uh, you know, where he's coming from is not abnormal. And so the fact that he's just, you know, floating around 16% right now is just not indicative of the player that he is. But like you said, Nadolny is coming back. And Nadolny is a high motor kind of guy with a lot of talent. And uh, we'll see how much that hip injury has done him or that hip surgery, excuse me. We'll see how the recuperation is going. Uh, I think that they said maybe he'll play this weekend. Um, So we'll see how that's going when he gets some minutes in the rotation. But if Nadoni gets up and going, man, I think it's Calhoun's position to lose right now. It's, it's his spot to lose for sure. Yeah. And then also, Agbo surprisingly hasn't gotten last uh, against Prairie View is probably the most he had played, or not probably, is the most he had played all year. Seems like Agbo is also buried deep, a little bit deeper in the rotation. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets more minutes going forward. But one thing before we start talking about some, other, uh, some of our defense, Daniel Bacho. Hey, he can. He can. <laughs> he's been good. I I wasn't expecting anything from him. I didn't even think he'd play. And out here, garden guards the perimeter. 
You know, uh, uh, getting rebounds. He's been nice. I like the little French guy. You know, he's what? Uh, the little guy, French guy. Sure. <laughs> uh, Clarence is the little guy. French guy. Uh, Bacho is the big one. I, I guess mean, they put now they put Bacho they put Bacho in there because you know they knew Johan Treor, hey. his uh, French national teammate, was in the building. So yes, like, hey, sir. Hey, hey. They're like, you know what? <laughs> French people get minutes here. Well, let's talk about. I mean. How many years have we waited? We've had big man pro- big man projects come through year in and year out, and each year they just fizzle out. They never find a place. Uh, Daniel Bacho has really, I mean, athletically has like impressed in a lot of ways. I mean, the way the way, the defensively even off of injury, off of injury, off of injury all year last year. And Emery Lida pointed out that he has not played like organized basketball in months and a lot of and a very long time. And for him to come in, to commit himself to this program, to commit himself to an aggressive defensive style like Mark Adams and an aggressive offensive style like Peary, uh, I think that he is playing well for what he's being given. And so I'm excited to see him kind of he's got a lot of eligibility left. So it's exciting to see. He's a freshman. Yeah. He's a, so, yep, he's a redshirt freshman. So lots I, of time. One, so you talked a little bit about the aggressive defensive style of Mark Adams. Uh, we thought that worse come to worse, we wouldn't have to worry about defense. So far, we were wrong. Two games in against North Florida and against Grambling, the defense left a lot to be desired. Um, I thought they did a much better job as far as blocking the middle against Grambling, but still shots open throughout the game for both North Florida and Grambling. And, and I, I said it personally that if we were playing better teams than North Florida and Grambling, we would have lost each of the first two games. If, we're, if we were playing, if we were playing a Big Twelve opponent that wasn't Iowa State, uh, we probably lose the first two, one of one if not both of the first two games. Uh, Prairie View again played a lot better defensively, played a lot better, holding Prairie View to forty nine points. But again, like I said, Prairie View is probably the worst team we'll play all year, so it's really hard to evaluate just how good that is. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the defense? Is this something that maybe they turn the tide against Prairie View, or is this still something we're gonna have to be wor- looking out for? Uh, you know, right now it's hard to say. North Florida, I think, is a good team for where they're coming from, um, and giving up seventy four. I mean, those guys were hitting threes left and right. Like that was just. We can be a better three. To, but they were, but they were open threes. They were open, they were threes. open threes. That's what that. So yeah. yes, so that's what's coming around to. Uh, they were hitting threes left and right, but at the same time, they were getting good looks all night, and so. I feel like there was a lot of adjustment that we could have there. Then we come out against Grambling State. We reduced that by 12 points. They get 62. And then coming out against Prairie View, which out of those three teams, Prairie View, like I said, is the worst of the, of the bunch. Uh, not lot, not allowing them to get that 50, I think, was a big win for these guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, upcoming, the next three games before we get into the real tough ones, uh, Incarnate Word, uh, Omaha, and then Lamar, um, kind of a similar mixed bag of opponents. But I think that this is a good opportunity right now for Mark Adams' team to get good communication about what defense, like about their defensive uh, scheme. I think early on, especially against North Florida, it was missed assignments. And against Grambling State, it was just, you know, up and down the court, up and down the court, um, trying to maintain assignments. And then in Prairie View, it felt like very much that we had it. You know, when we were going like we were keeping the pace and then we were able to like defensively keep the pace. And so the the thing here is, OK, how do we maintain that level of success defensively? Because it's we've shown that we can do that, but we need to be able to do that consistently, whether the team is really good or whether the team is really bad. And so with, like I said, this first uh, triple bunch of teams, good identifier. Now we have another three. Uh, teams that are a mixed bag uh, will have a much better idea come November 27th about where this team is at because I think 
Adams will also get a lot better idea of his rotation, uh, of a more solid rotation. And then with that rotation, those guys can start to really kind of glue together defensively. Absolutely. And from everything we're hearing, Clarence Nadalny should play in this upcoming game uh, against Incarnate Word <clears throat> down in South Padre. Down in hey. South Padre. You know? Hey, no, listen, Clarence, you ain't fooling nobody. You mean to tell me you were hurt for the first three games and love it when you go down to South Padre? You're like, hey, yo, oh. I can travel. I can uh, travel. I can travel. And, coach, it's, it's actually feeling a lot better now. Uh, I'm ready. I think I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to put up 20. I think I'm good. I, yeah, I respect that. I respect that. So, um, absolutely agree. I think the next, the next, the, the trip down in current award, though it is still in current award, so it's still, I think we're still going to see a situation where we see 10, 11 guys, 12 guys uh, out on the court. Um, hopefully, we start in the next three games against Incarnate Word, against Omaha, against Lamar, start really shoring things up. Because after that, once December rolls around, we take a trip out to Rhode Island and we play Providence, a, D, a good Providence That's a team. That's a good team. They're not, they're not yeah. slouches. Good team, too. A true road game. A certain somebody out in Austin were talking about how teams don't play true road games anymore. You know, so um, hopefully we don't get smacked like they did. But, uh, <laughs> listen, I'm be slandering that team all year. Guys. Hey, man, they uh, asked for it. They're a Monday program. They are a Monday night they, program, uh, baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Um, Name it and claim it. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think these next three games are really going to be about you start the first three, starting the season, kind of seeing what you are, kind of a, I don't want to call it a glorified scrimmage, but it is what it is. Uh, the next three games is really about own, honing it in, honing it in, getting it right, you know, sharpening, sharpening the iron before getting into December. And December is where it all hits the fan a little bit. Providence, Tennessee, and then, of course, that the real Monday night program that is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, we want to make sure that we have everything shored up before going out to Rhode Island for sure. Uh, and no, so, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say one thousand percent. Mark Adams is looking ahead to December because December is a full slate of teams that can give us. You know, you're hoping that you walk into December when when uh without a loss. Uh, undefeated undefeated Unde- yeah i don't know why i said winless uh <laughs> undefeated but then you get into december and any of those teams can give you your first loss and so i think mark adams is looking at that as kind of like this gauntlet before we get into big 12 play like this you know let's uh, like let's get at least three out of the four of these you know and whether one of those is gonzaga or one of those isn't um you know getting three out of the four is a big win going into big 12 play absolutely absolutely so um, actually, I just took off that day. So I am planning, or December 7th, I am planning oh. to be in New York City for the Texas Tech-Tennessee game, Madison Square Garden. I'm planning on it. And the last time oh. Albie went to a game, it was against West Virginia for football. Right. And we won. That's so right. That's right. I have a pretty good record since graduation of when I, when I show up to games. Pretty good record. I say since graduation because when I was at Tech, we had Billy Gillespie and Larry Walker and Pat Knight. And, you paid your, yeah, you paid your like, diligence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, it was more so like I paid my dues yeah. during the Pat Knight days and the Billy Gillespie days, and I didn't even get to reap the benefits of the Tubby Smith days. Um, I, no, I wasn't there for the Tubby Smith days. So, like, I only had bad stuff, right? I got the NIT and I was like, this is it. This, this is, is the it. pinnacle. This is the ceiling. <laughs> I have one year of the NIT. This is the pinnacle of tech basketball, Little baby. Little did you know. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> so, 
All right, anything else you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Basketball is exciting, guys. We have a lot of basketball ahead of us. Be sure to stay tuned to, to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. We have an exciting December coming up uh, for a lot of reasons. Also, be sure to grab some Manscaped stuff. The boxers are tremendous. I'll be honest. I've worn them a couple times. It feels like nothing's there. I forgot I was wearing them, and that's the best uh, That's the best uh, review I can give. <laughs> It's a quality review. It's a gross review, but quality. But quality. <laughs> but quality. <laughs> um, yeah, so basketball season is uh, up and at them, up and away. Up and at uh, The women's team, yeah, up and at them. <laughs> the women's team are actually playing right now. Um, do you have the score open? We're, we're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, they are currently playing. Kenzie, our resident. Oh. I think it finished up. 67-45 over Weber State. There you go. There you go. Double, Kenzie, our double digits every quarter. <laughs> our resident uh, women's basketball expert uh, has been giving us updates in our chat. So, um, yeah. So, women still undefeated as they start the season two. And as the season, as the basketball season goes on and football season is over, we will spread these basketball editions out um, and have a dedicated episode to women's basketball. So, for uh, Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, and Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore. You've been listening to Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.